Hello, I'm Sandra Gilman, chairman of the American Theatre Wing, with our board president, Doug Leeds. Welcome to today's program. The Steppenwolf Theatre Company has been synonymous with ensemble acting and innovative theatre for more than 30 years. The company has produced hundreds of plays on its stage in Chicago, including the Broadway production of August, Osage County. Today we'll meet one of the founders of the Steppenwolf Theatre Company and several ensemble members. And we'll be back later to tell you more about the work of the American Theatre Wing. But right now, please join us for another edition of Working in the Theatre. The Steppenwolf Theatre Company has been captivating Chicago audiences for more than 30 years and taken Broadway by storm with Tony Award-winning productions of One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The Grapes of Wrath and the current production of August Osage County. Hello, I'm Ted Chapin with the American Theatre Wing and joining us today are four of Steppenwolf Ensemble members. Laurie Metcalf, Amy Morton, Rondi Reed, and Jeff Perry, who is also one of Steppenwolf's founders. Welcome. Thank you. Um, since we hope to cover both Steppenwolf and August Osage County in this conversation, I thought we'd start with Steppenwolf. Now, 30 years ago, you and a couple of college buddies, actors all, um, decided to start Steppenwolf. Were you like Mickey and Judy wanting your own barn? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With, with a little bit of foul language thrown in. <laughs> um, we, we were in normal Illinois at Illinois State University's theater department, and it's where Rondi and Lori and I and John Malkovich and Terry Kinney and da, 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 all, all met the first and second and part of the third generation of Steppenwolf actors. And nine of us, I think, Laura, I don't know, yeah, I uh, ended up uh, starting it in the summer of 1976 in this little church basement youth center. Sort of a barn. Yeah, sort of a barn. <laughs> sort of a barn. <laughs> but you, yeah. you, Closest thing a yeah. Chicago suburb has to a barn. Yeah. Yeah. Gary and Terry and I set this um, template of four one-acts for our very first offerings, and it, was, and it was all just an attempt of how can everybody be working. And, 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 you know, we just made this, these decisions, you know, kind of autocratically. Okay, John will direct this, and almost, almost an assignment. Look, on paper this works, right? Everybody's working. And then, and then in a way, a fellow named H.E. Bacchus became our first artistic director. Mm -hmm. And he was a brilliant guy, and, he, and he's still sort of in the, he teaches at Columbia College in Chicago. And, and in a way, for a while, that was the last autocratic move. It became communal, you know, kibbutz democracy. No Jews, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, uh, um, but, you know, I mean, we voted on everything from how to, you know, who was going to clean the bathroom to the next play. And the, and the meetings were endless and contentious, you know, and babyish. They were great. So, so, what, so what was the role of the artistic director? Why did you decide you needed one? Um... We trusted him. He was quieter and smarter <laughs> than the rest of us. 
He was more talented. He was like a little Renaissance man. He could he could compose music, draw, direct, act, tap dance, right? And everybody was smarter. Everybody liked him. Yeah, and everybody liked him. And he wasn't a bully. Yeah, you know, so he was different than all of us. Yeah, Chicago is an amazing theater town. So were you all not? Wanting to be part of other theaters there, or you just did this because it was oh, no. Gary. Gary said, <laughs> Gary said, "Oh man, man, we had this, uh, we had this, you know, um, community theater, and it's got a big audience. You know, it's really <laughs> no, no, we no." But Gary, it's been defunct, you know, for a year. No, no, it's a cool. Thing. <laughs> we still have not-for-profit papers with the state of Illinois, and we got the name and everything. Yeah. Uh, Moyer wanted to change the name to Idlewild. Idlewild Players. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but see, we weren't in Chicago proper. We were in the northern yeah, we, suburbs. As you say, we're 30 minutes outside of yeah. Chicago. It'd be like driving that, to Yonkers but it's, to but see But it's just play, because it know. was where Gary and I lived, and Gary yeah. thought there's a big, you know, following. Market, yeah. And the big following turned out to be, you know, eight people at a time, <laughs> yeah. you know, at our shows. Yes, yeah. how did you find audiences? Did you go to supermarkets with flyers? <laughs> PTA meetings. We, we like did that. do parades. We yeah. did the <laughs> July parades. We rode on fire trucks and threw candy out and yeah. tried to promote the theater. We did um, fundraisers in people's living rooms. <laughs> Were you we, we, we would do a scene from the Glass Menagerie in your living room, and we were invited and given free <laughs> coffee, and food, and yeah. drink. Yeah. <laughs> were you were you we'll paying yourself? We'll yeah. still yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I do think. I mean, joking, uh, joking, uh, all jokes aside, the fact that it's over thirty years and you're all not only still what appears to be friends, working together, and the theater is still thriving. I mean, what do you credit uh, the survival of a theater in such an extraordinary? Uh, ensemble way. I think that I mean uh, any personalities aside, because there, you know, uh, that many artists in one room is never a good idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think that there's been such a uh, complete esteem for each other's work that that sort of all falls by the wayside when we're together on stage. Because I mean, these are the people I always aspired to. Um, so I think it's usually been the work that yeah. keeps everybody yeah. together. Yeah. It's also had yeah. many incarnations. I mean, Lori and Jeff were there in the, you know, the real, I mean, the salad days, but also the really rough beginnings of it when uh, Chicago didn't, you know, they had the organic and they had Second City and Wisdom Bridge just beginning at the same time. But the, what they call the off loop, which was similar to Chicago's off Broadway, was really just beginning to put its toe in the water in the 70s and the, uh, you know. So Steppenwolf kind of got in on the ground floor with that. And down in Illinois State, we had guest artists come in and say to us, you don't have to go to New York. You don't have to go to L.A. You can make theater wherever you are. So, of course, we, like idiots, took that to heart and um, <laughs> ran with it. And so there was a whole kind of migration that was happening from wherever we were. I came into the company. Uh, they moved into the city from Highland Park after four years. It was like the critics drove out to the hinterlands to see uh, Laurie and uh, Glass Menagerie production that they did. And uh, they said something is going on up there yeah. in that uh, little burb. And, uh, you know, it looks like the sets have been built with milk and cookie money, wasn't it? <laughs> runs into the tens of dollars, yeah, yeah. the budgets. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, you know, to the, to the credit of the Chicago press, they said something's going on in this church basement and, you know, get up there. And so I think the powers that be that were running it, which at the time it was sort of a three-headed monster with the boys, wasn't it, at that point? <laughs> 
knew they had to get into Chicago, and Lori was working as a secretary at St. Nicholas, weren't you then? Wasn't that part-time? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, where Greg Mosier <laughs> ran it, and so, you know, and taking classes, and Amy was taking classes at the same place, and I was off somewhere else, and other people were off somewhere else, and um, so they said, we're going to make this move into the city. This is it. We're going to take the step, and we're going to have a subscription audience, which was a huge turning point. That we had not done. That I stole from St. Nicholas. Oh, there you stole I think that's the reason for survival, because theaters, and we won't name any names of other theaters people have been in, but um, with subscription, that makes a difference because it gave you financially stuff up front that you could budget a year, you could budget a season. But we didn't get paid for, what, the first five or six years, I think? Well, I think we Something started like paying ourselves at the very end of Highland Park, end of year three, or the <coughs> beginning of Hull House. You know, I don't know. Beginning of Hull House. Beginning of Hull House. Was, yeah. uh, John got cast. He might have been the first one of us mm. to get cast in yeah. another theater's play. Mm. And I think it was... The St. Nick production of Ashes, Ashes yeah, a was, David yeah. Rudkin play, and I think it's where he met Mahoney. Mm -hmm. And I ushered that play. Every <laughs> and, and he got paid. Yeah. And he came back from it saying, we either figure out how to pay ourselves or I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of like, bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not out of here. Um, <laughs> you're not out of here. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. We'll figure out how to get paid. And, uh, and um, I, I had... <laughs> I had have a penchant for it. We had horrible business sense, and, and, and I dragged these people in as executive directors. God, yeah. <laughs> God forsaken. No, wonder, wonderful people with, with great um, patience, but I don't know. They had almost uh, no more ability than me, and, and it just wasn't working at all. John said, oh, I've got a college roommate who's a good lobbyist in Springfield, Illinois. I'm going to see if he'll do it. And it was Russ Smith, and they happen to be partners to this day, you know, 30-some years later in their mm -hmm. film company, Mr. Mudd, that uh, just produced Juno, you know, it's a giant hit. And anyway, so Russ came, and he was better at it, and, um, and he started to build a board, mm -hmm. you know, and all but of that. How, how could you not be jealous of members of the ensemble when they went off to do, uh, you know, other jobs? It, didn't, hap it didn't happen for a for long, a long time. I mean... Uh, Oh, what yeah. were we doing? We were doing Balm and Gilead, which was one of our biggest. They, the, I joined in uh, 79, 80, and they'd been waiting to do this play. It was, what, a 36 character play? Lanford Wilson play, early Lanford right, and, Wilson. And you sort of gave it a second life because yes. it hasn't really been that It hadn't been done, but they were, they were obsessed with doing this, and it was in that first season that we moved into the other theater. And. Um, it was, I remember John had to leave before opening night because he got some part in a movie of the week. which With was Carl the, Malden. Yeah, which was the biggest thing that had ever <laughs> happened to anybody. And, and the other cast members had been doing um, Say Goodnight Gracie in another little theater there, which they were kind of going off. So it was the beginning of people sort of branching out. But it didn't happen for a long time, really. Yeah. It yeah. was very insular for about almost five years, four to five years, where it was the same eight to ten people that worked together all the time, did every play 24-7. I think we instinctually knew that um, we could at any moment, once we started to get a little bit of yeah. notice, even at the very beginning, have been ripped apart very yeah. easily, yeah. you know, either um, through into film and TV or New York theater. And, mm -hmm. and so each time somebody, each time one of those feelers would go out, we would regroup, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. And very nervously all confront what could happen and what mm -hmm. does happen if mm -hmm. so and so is gone and you know who's going to run it for the time being and yeah. how yeah. and then and then they would come back in and we'd and then there would be another benchmark yeah. of, yeah. but it started out slowly like um, a, a few of you getting in the Altman film you know right. and, and and yeah. and really we would have meetings where well Jeff has a speaking partner in a, a wedding Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Sh should he take it because he might miss two performances of, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what yeah. play we were doing for yeah. 88 people a night. Yeah. Yeah. Really, a, a serious meeting about whether or not he should be yeah. either he allowed, he allowed to yeah. take it, yeah. allowed right. to take it, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, shouldn't he step up and turn it down on his own? Yeah. <laughs> nobody, had any, no, and nobody had any agents. And there you know, were that, no agents. You know, symbolic of that was, you know, six years after we started. Uh, some New York people get the buzz that True West is a really, you know, hot production. Mm -hmm. We had moved it once or twice ourselves in Chicago mm -hmm. and extended its run. And uh, th they were ready to move it. And it was this real, you know, kind of Rubicon moment for the company. Mm -hmm. and, and we said, okay, you move it, but not with our name. The, 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 we're not... You know, we're here to do theater together. This is about career and money. You know, it's a for-profit move. It's about celebrity and career and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. So do it, but not with Steppenwolf's name. The public, in a way, you know, in hindsight, sort of thank God, ignored our intent <laughs> because there was nothing in John and Gary's bio other than Steppenwolf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steppenwolf. yeah. Um, And it was a national hit uh, media-wise. And it filled our theater in Chicago for the first time in our existence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we, and we felt, you know, I guess that, that time-honored dynamic of only when some, only when abroad applauds you, you know, will your hometown yeah, truly you embrace you, you know. And that, that's yeah. something that you're continuing to do to this day, I believe, um, taking the opportunities when they present themselves yeah. but not looking yeah. for them. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't muscle those things too much. No, you but know? there was a phase in the history of Steppenwolf where it would be like, uh, uh, and, and Amy was with uh, uh, another theater, very wonderful theater company in Chicago called Remains, and they had been working with us and doing other plays with us, so the off... The off-loop scene in Chicago was growing and expanding and incredibly vibrant and uh, doing different kind of stuff. And then it was like uh, they wanted product. They wanted anything and everything that came out of it because I think they thought everything's going to be like True West and it's going to have this. And, you know, and that, I think, was terrifying for us because I remember meetings till 2.30 in the morning where it was like, You know, let's just disband the company, let's shut the doors, let's, wh whoever wants to go to New York can go to New York, and whoever wants to, you know, we're not going to do it, and shut down, and this is not why we started the theater, and well, we need to expand the company, and then we voted on whether we needed to expand the company, and people were leaving, and it was a really, 
as rich, creatively, and exciting, and dynamic, it was a really intense time in the history of the theater company because success was, and Laurie had gotten noticed in Balm and Gilead and was, you know, L.A., the siren song of Hollywood was going after us. And so then it, be, it just, it turned into, a, it morphed into a lot of different things. Jeff stepped out of the play of True West and said, I'll stay and be artistic director. And that changed us for the next three or four years at home. So... The fact that we're here and we've survived and we've, of course, we are now an institution, which is what we swore we would never be, <laughs> yeah. but we are, and, but the history of an American theater company like Steppenwolf is yeah, staggering. Really. I mean, it's staggering. When you think of it, when you think that there's how many of us on Broadway now? Are there eight of us on Broadway? Uh, you know, Kevin Anderson and Laurie and all of us in Augusta Osage County, and we're here and we're working in theater on Broadway, and to come from you know, that little bitty place in Chicago is, is no small achievement. So how, how does somebody become a member of, of, of Steppenwolf? We have very extensive voodoo rites. <laughs> well, I noticed, I, I went on your very... large thinking machine. I have, to, I have to say, I went on your extremely good website, and, and the closest that I could get was auditions that are held. Um, uh, it's not that. There's no formula. I mean, you know, quite often it'll, it'll be... A, a relationship that has been going on for yeah. a while. People will have done a number yeah. of shows with us, but then there's also a, f a couple of people that did one show, and mm -hmm. we were like, we got to grab them quick. But we begged so. Amy. We begged Amy for years and years and years. You know, leave your theater company and come work with us. And she was so loyal to her to uh, her own theater well, company. Well, you guys you were. were poaching. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That was, <laughs> exactly. But were you also a director of the other company? Uh, I had done a couple of things there, but mainly I was acting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when that company disbanded, um, you know, Steppenwolf was kind enough to take in an orphan. <laughs> so. so, so no names here. But have you ever asked a member of the ensemble to leave? Yes. If your famous quote. We've ignored people out of the company before. Yeah. We no, we never had that, no, we never had the maturity to do what you suggested. But we, but, yeah. but we, maybe we'll just give up. We have sort of Lord of the Flies to the mouth. But then people have left. No, no. We had people leave because you know there was one uh, guy who, when I came in. Uh, was he was probably what he wasn't even thirty, but he was playing all the old man parts, and he said, "I'm sick and tired of these old man parts. I don't want to play them," and he left, you know. And he, he's a wonderful actor, a great guy. We've crossed paths with him since, but I think, what if he would have stayed? <laughs> I don't know whether he's asked himself that, but but I mean, it was kind of a mess in the early days. We didn't know we were going on faith and tenacity and the sheer fact that. These were people that we gravitated to, that we found funny, that we found smart, that we found a work aesthetic that, you know, when we're on stage together, something happens. And that's almost intangible. Not that we haven't worked with great guest artists and, and other people, but I think it's very evident in Osage County on stage when you have that many ensemble people together. And some of them are not ensemble, but I mean, it's to me, there is a palpable whether it's history, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the bar on what you will accept. I mean, mm -hmm. acting with a group of people like that just makes you a better actor. Well, just, let, you know. Let's get to, to, to August Osage County. Um, writers, are, have writers been a member of, of Steppenwolf from the beginning? Ooh. No, you know, I, um, maybe because of, well, for a, few, for a few different reasons. We barely did any new writing for over 20 years. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, barely. Uh, but you always part, talked about it. Yeah, yeah I no, remember no, no. in I mean, early meetings, you know, you know self-generated that, work was yeah, like no, a big I know. thing. We always talked yeah. about it. Now, part of it was a function that that W.H. Uh, Macy and 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 Mamet yeah. and Pierre Schneider and Patricia Cox and all of them started Step uh, Saint Nick Nicholas. one or two years prior to us, and they immediately char- carved quite a niche for all new work. And they did everything from Chicago premieres to Amer- American but they premieres. David and that's all, the, and that's all they did. And yeah. it was kind of like almost a marketing niche of, well, they've got that. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I remember. I don't know. I, there was probably other reasons, too. We're always looking for tribal, family-oriented, ensemble-oriented stuff so the most of us could be acting at one time in really good parts. But you courted you know, early writers. You had Dan Ursini. Yeah, no, Dan Ursini, Lynn uh, Seifert. Yeah, yeah uh, and, and people that worked with us. And Jeff had a great summer at a place called Storm King uh, in upstate New York yeah. where we developed no, a couple of scripts. Like Grips of Wrath time? No, it was... Oh, we did Little Egypt and uh, what was the no, other? No, but I'm saying that era. Around 89. that time, Around yeah, that time. end of the 80s. But um, consciously, and, I think that changed with artistic director leadership. Yeah, I Martha Levy. Yeah, Terry really always thought it should be self-generated work. Right. Other people had it. And when Frank Galati came in with Grapes of Wrath, that was the beginning of the wave of that. And then to incorporate Tina Landau, who, who generates her own work. Amy's worked with her a lot. Um, and it's it was like the realization that if you're going to grow and change, then you've got to. And we also invited directors in more. Frank was more the first director, really, that yeah. we initiated. Tina, after, Anna. Yeah, after we run through all the ensemble people that were sick and tired of directing, then we actually sought out. <laughs> uh, and and would, they were just better at it than a lot of us were. Certainly were better they, than me. Were they guest directors or were they did at, they first, show, at first? They yeah. Come? Mm-hmm. At first, Sheldon, Frank, Frank was you know. quite a legend in Chicago, yeah. and we knew his work really well. So he, we probably asked him in immediately. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. Did um, you ask him to do Grapes of Wrath, or did you ask him in that yeah. project and came yeah. out? Yeah, well, they, they said, yeah. "What are you interested?" Yeah, in? Gary said, what, yeah. "What do you want to do more than anything? What would you want to do? What do you want to do?" Um, and he had directed. Maybe you can't take it with you. With yeah, us. I think yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, mm, "Well, I think." I've been thinking about adapting Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. And Gary said, yeah, yes. And that was a four-year journey on that. That ended up with the Tonys. But anyway, Martha, Anna Shapiro, Amy, Tracy, everybody, you know, really uh, uh, on the ground at the culture in the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. and I guess guess starting with Martha, right, really put her shoulder to it, to new writing, to where now... um, a lot of relationships, a lot of multiple relationships. Mm-hmm. Bruce Norris. Yeah, Bruce. Six of well, Bruce's and plays. And the fact that our 35th anniversary year was, was all, all new plays. plays. Yeah. And uh, was not August Osage the last of the plays that, that year? I guess yeah. it was, yeah. Now, Tracy Letts is a member of the company, right? Yes. yes. Right. He's an actor. I mean, he came in as an actor primarily first. Did he ever get the, uh, the, the director dungeon? or did, did he? He's, he's directed. He's directed. He's, uh, he hasn't directed it. He hasn't directed Stephen Wolf because, according to him, 
Steppenwolf would go under with the plays I would choose. <laughs> um, he, you know, because he likes the really weird and strange yeah. stuff. But he's directed a few things around Chicago. Mm -hmm. Well, I, August o Osage County, I have to say, I have to add my voice to one of those who just was absolutely blown away by it. Um, I, I was saying earlier that my younger daughter saw it from the top row of the balcony and came home and said, e eat your fish, but then said, you have got <laughs> to see this play. And I just, a lot of people, theater goers who love really good theater in this town or sometimes feel somewhat starved by that are just so enthusiastic about it. Um, and I, I noticed on, on the website and a fascinating interview with, the, with, with, with Terry Letts that he, he found a c communal note of all the members of the company that you all were from the Midwest. And then there's a quote that, that I love. He said that we all share the multi-generational conflict that inevitably arises when those who have nothing have willed their pride and guilt to those who have wanted for nothing, which I think... Didn't mm. you know that your play's about that? <laughs> no, but to, to me, I think that's, that's kind yeah. of, because it, that play sets up such an intergenerational mm -hmm. world. Um, but how did it, how did it come, to, come to be? It's, it sprang that. whole from his head. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it wasn't something that, that we were all worked on together. Uh -huh. he, his first draft was brilliant. Um, it is... Uh, something that he noodled in his head for, I don't know, yeah. two, three, four years before he started typing anything. Did he cast it? No. He, he, the only person that he had in mind that he knew he was writing for was Rondi. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the rest he knew were going to be company members or wanted to be company members, but he didn't necessarily think to himself, Amy will be this yeah, and yeah. Jeff will be this. Because he... Yeah frankly didn't know what company members he would be able to get for it so um so he he just wrote the play he wanted to play but he knew that uh it, particularly age-wise considering we're we're a bunch of old fogies now um <laughs> that he knew he had a lot of roles for people mm -hmm. yeah. so and, yeah. and did it, what, what was the Steppenwolf process did you read it did you workshop it what was we read it and then two went away. Yeah. No, just no one. one. And then we read it again, um, a second draft. And then a year later, we did a week or two week workshop. Mm -hmm. Were the workshops open to the public or just for you? No, they were they were just for us and the play. Um, you know, at the end of it, we did a we did a reading uh, for the staff for the Steppenwolf staff, but not for the public. And did they say? <laughs> They went crazy. Yeah, they, they did went, go. I remember that. Crazy. I remember thinking, I don't know whether this, um, and you know, the reaction was always the, off the charts. The first people he gave the play to yeah. were Martha, uh, Anna, and myself. And he said, so don't talk about this to anybody, because he always hates his first drafts and whatever. And, of course, he gives us, it's this thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, Tracy. <laughs> right. I went home, and, and all three of us did the same thing, never stopped until we got to the end. And I immediately called him and said, this is, this is the most amazing thing I've ever read. You suppose your mom's turned on the air conditioner? Are you kidding? Remember the parakeets? Parakeet. I didn't tell you about the parakeets? Well, <laughs> she got a parakeet for some insane reason, and the little fucker croaked after about two days. So she went to the pet store and raised hell, and they gave her another parakeet. And that one died after just one day. So she went back and they gave her a third parakeet and that one died too. So the chick from the pet store came out here to see just what in hell the serial parakeet killer was doing <laughs> about all these birds. And the heat. 
It was too hot. They were dying from the heat. Exactly. These are tropical birds, all right? <laughs> so there was no question after the first draft, oh, we're doing it. It's just a matter of when, and Tracy, what else do you want to do with it, and things like that. We read it at an ensemble meeting, too, didn't mm -hmm. we? Yeah. Uh, once a year, Steppenwolf tries to have a complete ensemble meeting. It, you know, if Lori's not doing a TV show, or somebody isn't off doing something else, or we're not all spread to all corners of the globe, they try to have us come back once a year for our gala event, which is our big fundraiser that our loyal, loyal supporters <laughs> and board in Chicago keep doing for us. And we get together at that point and have a meeting and touch base and look at what we're working on and one of those at least one of those if not one. two we did a reading of it so everybody could kind of see this is this is where your theater is now this is what we're talking about this is what we're writing this is what we're including and then to for Martha as artistic director to say to the people if you have any sense that you want to be involved in this but you wanted to play the lead and they said what you're too young <laughs> she's too young <laughs> so um, but you know it was one of those where people were like oh oh and uh, I mean, I and you said to him, I think, something like, well, you know, Russia had their check off and Steppenwolf has you. And yeah, I really felt that. I really felt you know, that. I just, in the behavioral and the... Well, I mean, that, and that's not to diss anybody who hasn't... I mean, Frank's done amazing work. Austin's oh, everywhere, a gorgeous yeah. place with us. But but this this play it really felt like that, of like, gosh, if Odette's in the group theater had a moment and mm -hmm. Chekhov and those guys did... Um, Tracy could really be very that. American. Well, and also yeah. uncompromising. I mean, the thing that I, one of the things I find amazing is that these are these are these are people. These are some major yeah. people with some major stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and, and yet everybody. I mean, I, I don't know if if you all. I hate to use the word identify with anybody in the play, or if audiences identify with anybody, well, but it's cathartic when, almost. When Amy said he wrote it with Rondi in mind, I remember reading it and going, you know, this isn't me. This isn't, why, why does he want me? Why does he want me to do this? I turned it down four times. I just said, no, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, uh, I've done this role before, it's not... And then finally, a string of events occurred that I ended up in it. I accused Tracy of casting spells late into the night. And uh, anyway, I was in rehearsal going on one of these rants that my character has, and I just stopped and turned out front and looked at him and said, oh, now I get it. Now I see why you want me to do this, because I'm perfect for it. Okay. Don't you have any sense of what's going on around you? This situation is fraught. <laughs> I'm supposed to sit here like a statue? You're drinking whiskey. I'm having a cocktail. <laughs> You're drinking straight whiskey. Just show a little class. I don't think we need to sit here crying in the dark. Oh, well, since you got everything all figured out, let's party now. Get that in and get whip us up some cheese conies. Let's call a few friends. Cheese cone sounds good. Oh, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so, you know, that self-realization is uh, painful, to say the least. But that's how well he knows us. And I mean, I think once he knew, like, Amy was going to be doing something, and Jeff would, then he begins to sort of not rewrite it, but tailor it and go to their strengths and, you know, know that, that Amy as an actress and as a person, and Jeff and uh, Marianne and Sally, whoever is... Uh, uh, involved in it, that he, he plays to their strengths and their vulnerabilities and, you know, it, it makes it 
not easy to do, but it makes it so you go right to it. I mean, and we have an incredible director in Anna Shapiro, who also is known as she says since she was twelve, which really pisses me <laughs> off when she says that. But yeah. she's known all of us. She's directed all of us at least probably more than once, or at least once, or some of us maybe not. Yeah. But she's been a part and of. And that our, identification, you know, yeah. this. Uh, uh, I don't know all of Anna's uh, work. Even even with us, well, no, I, I mean I've seen all of it, but I haven't been in the room all the time. But uh, but I think in so many ways it's such deep. Uh, it pour, it she connected to family and larger cousin and grandparent family and da da da. You know personally with this in a way that maybe in any of no other assignment had yet asked her. Also, and I think that's true in some ways of all of us. It's, uh, it's, it's deeply um, satisfying family territory. But don't you think she's a director, too, that she knows us so well, she watches us, she yeah. admires us. Uh, 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 and there is, to my mind, there's always a fearlessness about Steppenwolf, about the Steppenwolf actors and what they do on stage and where they go. And they make, fall down, make idiots of themselves, and have a, just a resounding bomb, but they are fearless about it, you know. And that, to me, is, that's the best of all well, possible worlds. Also, your, your description of, of playing to your strengths as actors, I mean, I, when I saw August, and it, three hours and 20 minutes passes by in, in a heartbeat, and I think, <laughs> how can they possibly do this eight times a week? And clearly, if, if you all, I mean, the ensemble nature of Steppenwolf and the fact that you all know each other, that, that you know you can play mm -hmm. to each other's strengths. One detail of your character I loved is how you talk on top of each other. And I thought a husband and wife, because I, yeah. I, I know people like that. Well, that, that was who, directorial, because it's not written in the script. And, but the first day we read it, it started, to, and Fran Guinan, who plays my husband, we've known each other about 35 years, you know. But I mean, I think that comes into play with, you know, it, it could have been Lori in the cast with us, it could have been any number of people in that cast and that kind of feeling is generated just because you don't have to, you know, there's a shorthand, there's an immediacy that comes up. But Anna also, I think, trusts actors. I think she really will let you go and sort of say, you know what you're doing. I don't have to tell you this. You know, she doesn't lay every little bitty minute detail out. She says, this is what I need, this is where it is, this is what's not happening. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. You got some problem with Indians, Violet? I don't know what to say to Indians. Uh, they're what? called Native Americans now, Mom. Who calls them? <laughs> Who makes that decision? It's what they like to be called. They aren't any more Native than me. In fact, they are. That, that's sort of the ideal of theater. That, the, the, In the, a way. How, how often it actually happens is, is, is not the... Not, not as, as no, but you've talked about this, Laura, too. Laurie said, you know, I do theater because I want to know that I still can do it. And she's been so successful in uh, television and film and other mediums that not all of us have been. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, but, you know, to come back, and, and Laurie is incredibly, no, I mean, you know, you do. It's like she's the one that will come back and do a play whenever she can and come back and, and put herself you know, into you know, it how and commit to, to it. And, exactly. How know. did the joint, you know, get past what the group theater couldn't get past, yeah. right. which was celebrity and, yeah. and money yeah. Yeah. and camera work? Uh, it was because Laurie Metcalf and Joan Allen, John Malkovich, and those who've had the most success in camera work yep. uh, needed to come back and wanted to come back and did so. You know, I mean, that's. That's, to me, that's a reason. And continue to do so, I, yeah. I, I, yes. I assume. 
How, how often do, do you, Lori, call and say, I'm ready, or do you call and Good. say, we have a play for you? I've tried to go back at least every two years to yeah. do a show, and it doesn't always work out like that, but... You've been good, though, boy. You, you really, I mean... Well, it's not even like uh, I, I'm, it, it's, I'm getting the favor from the group. I mean, I, it's not even a choice on my part. I, I feel like I have to go back every so often to recharge, you know, and really feel like yeah. I yeah. know, uh, get down to the basics again and, know, and uh, get up on stage and, um, uh, you know, that's the only time in uh, working in as an actor where you feel like you're in charge and you're, you're, uh, you can, you can uh, lead the audience where you want them. It's a really powerful feeling. It, um, there's nothing else mm -hmm. like it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, and once you get a sense in it, maybe I gravitate, or we all gravitate back towards theater because we started out in theater. I'm not sure, yeah. but once you get that bug, yeah. it never leaves. Uh, and and uh, we're, we're still going to be doing this Oh, it's going to be Forever. embarrassing. Yeah. It'll be embarrassing. <laughs> It'll be the Walker Theater. Uh, and we'll be nude and we'll be, you know, smashing things yeah. and eating things uh, and throwing up. Was it Terry that used to say, <laughs> we'll be doing uh, the gin game in rep for the rest of our lives because nobody else will work with us. We'll just have we'll to figure out that. a way to shake it up. <laughs> but have those of you who have been able to go on to other, uh, other um, out, ex um, Steppenwolf productions been able to welcome Steppenwolf ensemble members into television projects that you're doing or movies that John Malkovich does? Oh, yeah, it's happened. Yeah. Like a bit, yeah. A bit, yeah. Sometimes by accident, and sometimes depending on how much clout the individual has, whether they can, yeah. you know, get somebody cast in a movie or a TV show. Or, yeah. But, you know... None of these people have ever gotten me cast. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not true. My, that clear. My, my wife cast Amy. There you go. <laughs> Jeff's wife is a casting director, so we all sort of try to cash in on that <laughs> whenever nice we find We're all really <laughs> My wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but you know, the interesting thing is, it's like there are some yeah. of us still that have not worked together in the company, aren't there? A few, Probably. I think. Well, or some of us that haven't worked together in a long time. Like you and I had not done a play together till we did Pop Mom that one summer. God, that and fun. their daughter, Zoe, <laughs> has now been on the Steppenwolf stage, which is an incredibly <laughs> exciting thing. So, you know, it literally is generational as it, you know, goes down. Your daughter would be the daughter of the two of you. Uh, Laura and I yes. had first marriage. Yeah. Right. There were several we, marriages. We married. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Has there been a lot of that, Stephen Wolf? Well, well you know, it's <laughs> funny. When you, when, earlier when we were talking about, you know, it was the work that saved us. Mm. Well, it was, tr you know, especially during the gypsy, everyone sleep with each other days. Mm. Right. You know, mm. because, my God. You know, you could be in such horrible, yeah. and you know, we were horrible anger and rage with each other, but you had to do the play. Yeah. And you, you know, had to go so. home. Together. Yeah. That was the yeah. problem. Yeah. yeah. There were five or six <laughs> couples. I think Gary Sinise and Moira are the yeah, they, only remaining they're couple the triumphant. that's still together. How yeah. did they ever stay together? How did they survive? Yeah, and they have three beautiful kids. So, yeah. you know. But when, when, when something as exciting as August Osage County coming to New York with an, with an ensemble of, 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 of Steppenwolf and, and this town gets, gets excited, is that easy for all of you? I mean, first of all, who's at home in Chicago? There's no doubt this is fun. I mean, there's yeah. no, I mean, yeah. we're not, we're not, we're, we are very grateful um, and just 
pleased as punch that this this yeah. city has embraced this play. Yes, it, 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 the, the brain drain takes its toll at home because uh, a lot of us are also artistic associates at the theater and help our, our brilliant artistic director um, with just being sounding boards or whatever, and she's, she doesn't have that right now. Yeah. And, she misses yeah. us, and we yeah. miss that, and yeah. so yeah, I, that part for me is probably the most difficult. And Amy's been directing very prominently. She had, to, are you on your second show? You've had to st drop out of yeah. directing, which that takes. I mean, it's good in a way because it'll bring in new people, but yet at the same time, you know, you depend on somebody who's. We had to, you know, reconfigure, yeah, reconfigure. our season when yeah. we when we yeah. saw the dates of this, and and that yeah, there, there have been really tough things, but. Um, all, any of us who lived through like Grapes of Wrath, it, well, everybody kind of knew. Yeah. Look, if this this is this is a rare, this is pretty rare. Very rare. This is a very rare chemistry. Yeah. This play, and if it goes as well as it could go in New York, that reverberates. That reverberates with artists, with audience, with uh, people for like a decade. You know. I mean, it really can, yeah. in a good way for the theater. We're a whole kind of different animal now. And to show what we have and what we do and where we've come was really important. And for Tracy as a writer and Anna as a director, and certainly for our profile in the American, the history of American theater, as Jeff once said when I joined, we can change the face of American theater history. And I thought, oh my God. <laughs> Save me from I've these got people. to go back to Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just. But I, the vision, I have a bank job waiting for me in Minneapolis. The vision was always there. It was those who were less faint of heart, you know. But. Are, are the producers um, people who had a relationship with Steppenwolf in the past, or are they just people who saw this play this and decided new. to do this it? This was new. Yeah. It, was, it, it was sort of outrageous. There was a bidding war. <laughs> I mean, it, it got to the point, I mean, there were three producers that wanted the play yeah. three days after we opened. Very I mean, reputable. It, I, the, yeah. It's stuff that just doesn't happen. Yeah. But the ultimate decision, I think, was Steppenwolf's yeah. and Tracy's. I mean, Tracy had a lot of say as to where yeah. this went. Well, in a way, no, for sure. I mean, Tracy could yeah. have said no to anything we all mm. said. Um, and simultaneously, it felt like, oh, we still have power. Yeah, it you was, know, yeah. was kind of like yeah. the actors still united right? decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we still really are listened to. But, but, but we wanted to. But we also knew that Tracy, Tracy wanted. If, if we're going to go to Broadway, yeah, go big, yeah. don't go small. Yeah. Yeah. Tr Tracy's yeah. heart was always, what's the biggest dice roll? Because right. we had a not-for-profit option and, a for, and two for-profit for options. Profits, yeah. and, um, and he was always for, hmm, roll the dice. Go big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, if, 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 if I may, an observation that, you know, because you started as the rock and roll theater and now you're an institution, now those are your words, not mine, <laughs> um, I'm sure that part of how you can do that and, and keep changing is that you have in Martha Levy an artistic director who came out of the company, I believe, mm -hmm. you know, and David Hawkinson, a first-rate managing director. So you have structure there, even mm -hmm. though it's still an ensemble. Yeah. Yes. Another yeah. extraordinary. Which is, I think, another reason why we haven't f uh, yeah. completely blown apart. It's always yeah. been an actor as artistic director, yeah. which makes a huge yeah. difference. Ha is, have you a board of directors? Oh, we have a fabulous yeah, board you know, of directors. It, it, yeah. it, it, there, there was a point at which all of our moving around the country and pursuing other kinds of work and going from, you know, 
theater tribe to having real biological families as well mm -hmm. and kids. You know, all of that, we, we're running on the fumes of an ensemble system where we had become an institution, but we couldn't count on seven, 10, 12 personalities to come up with the play ideas or people mm -hmm. to stage to the extent of the institution we had become. We owed the public 10 plays, mm -hmm. and we didn't know that that company could do it. And so we became, for a while, a pretty traditional artistic director, playwright-driven, mm -hmm. or play-driven place, mm -hmm. you know? And then, and then kind of gradually, now we're becoming both again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What, was there a, a, a lull in the middle of, in yeah. that transition? Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but you survived. But we survived it. Yeah. How does Steppenwolf fit into the Chicago theater world today? Bunch of egomaniacs, <laughs> babies. You know. I, no, I think we're, we're, we're the establishment. Yeah. 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 I think the Goodman yeah. and Steppenwolf Theater are kind of the establishment mm -hmm. in, in, in a good way. But we're certainly not the we're not the hip ones anymore. No, that's no. for sure. <laughs> you have a complex in Chicago that was built for you, or you yes. had yes. it? Bruce Sagan, who was our board president at the time. Uh, well, Larry Edwards had been a board president emeritus, and this is when we said we want a new space. We want a new space. We've outgrown our little. Sp we'd gone from what was it, 125 seats? We doubled it, and they said you'll never fill it. Well, we filled it to the gills and outgrew it, and we said, okay, we're going to have our dream of having our own space, and that. Was on for what, Jeff, three or four years, looking at spaces, looking at reclaimed industrial, you know, where should it be, where would our audience follow us, what should we do, we want to have space for a main stage and a studio and classrooms, because Jeff had started the Steppenwolf School, and that was something we felt was very important, and, uh, you know, and then housing for when people came in from out of town, so uh, Gary Fensick, the former uh, Bears uh, football player, was on our board of directors at that time. And he also was in real estate, and he said, there's a parcel of land, and we can get it for X amount of dollars. And he said, I think if we build it, they will come, meaning everybody will come back to the theater. And sure enough, he now that property is probably worth 100 times over what we, but Bruce Sagan was the board president at the time and got the bond issue and got it going and got the people in and it was we broke ground for it in 91 I think and then the first play that we did in there I, which I was lucky enough to be in was uh, Ron Harwood's play Another Time and Albert Finney came and opened that season with us and then we went on from there so we've been in that space for not we made shabby. friends not we made shabby. friends with Albert yeah. when he saw Orphans, Orphans in New York that's right and yeah. wanted to do the London version yeah. and ask Gary to direct yeah. it so, and we've almost gotten to the point of outgrowing the space that we're in. We've mm. taken over a parking garage. We've taken over a nearby building for offices. They call it, you know, SteppenwolfRealEstate.com, really. It's an incredible thing to look at that building and think that that's the culmination of it. And uh, um, to still work in our 525-seat theater where Amy directs and Lori acts and Jeff and I, I mean, you know, that's, that's just a... That's a magical thing to me. But, but you can look around the other Chicago theaters if you have need of a director for a project or, or oh, yeah. need of actors. And there's a or New York. Or, I mean, we, and also, too, you'll get somebody who works with somebody. You know, like Lori brought Lois Smith. And, you know, she said, there, I've worked with this wonderful actress, Lois Smith. And uh, um, 
uh, Estelle Parsons. I mean, there's been so many people that have branched out to other pe people that we know and has have brought them in as a director or an actor or something like that. Yeah. And so the family just kind of keeps extending. And certainly the ensemble members gravitate to people that have a similar sensibility or something. And so we get to work with incredible yeah. people that ordinarily wouldn't have. And they agree to come and do a play. You know, younger men and women, we have African-American members that have just come in. We were notoriously WASP for our first 25 years of existence. And, you know, and we also have many guest artists that will come in and work with us if they start out as a director or an actor, and then they may eventually become an ensemble member. The school has grown and burgeoned and, you know, I mean, it's, uh, Martha has kept all of it healthy and, you know, the people that originally took us through, Steve Ike, managing director, and Randy Arney, past artistic director, and all the actors before that were that. So it's just a big, incredible fabric woven of so many but clearly, people's clearly, lives. Clearly young actors must want to become a member of Steppenwolf. I kind of hope so. You know, uh, Lauren, my daughter, is uh, 24, and she's bouncing around trying to do New York theater and trying to do camera work and... She's an actress? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> tried to keep her out of it. She fell in love. <laughs> she fell in love with a school play, you know, yeah. at, at Northwestern. And, and, you know, your training can be so haphazard and shitty. You know, you can get on a TV show and know sort of how to do that or not. And, and I don't know, the, the, the the learning how to act and the and the, and the enjoyment of uh, theater. Well, yeah, philosophically, kind of old-fashioned. Yeah, but philosophically, it, it becomes fashionable. Uh, Jeff yeah. has always talked about how do we pass it down? How do we yeah. give a legacy? What what if we you know we can leave the building after we're dead and gone, and they bury us underneath it? You know, but what do we leave? What what tangible legacy can Steppenwolf leave? Whether it's in a way of working or a approach, and, and Amy teaches as well in the summer school, and you know it's something to pass it down. Whether you are directly affiliated with that, you've touched some aspect of it, and what is the kind of thing that, that uh, keeps us together and keeps it vibrant, I think. Do you all teach at the school? We have. Uh, a lot yeah. of us have. And some of us, you know, regularly know we really like it. And no one said, get out of here. <laughs> um, and is it a general school, general? Is it acting? It, its intent is to... It teaches regular old acting, I'm mm. sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's, but its intent is, is to teach teamwork. Exposure to, to the ensemble. Is to teach kind of collaborative, actor-driven yeah. work. Like yeah. you and I, if we put ourselves in the, if we make it our goal, we can make each other better mm -hmm. in this scene, mm -hmm. this play, yeah. this moment, this whatever. So, and it's a summer, it's a 10-week program and you're in school. Uh, eight to five, Eight right? to five, yeah. five days a week. So you become an instant ensemble. So it becomes e mm -hmm. easier to teach that too because they're all depending on each other right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So it's like acting boot camp. Yeah. Do, you, do you find it's a good training when you, being a member of the ensemble, when you go out and, I mean, Laura, you've worked with Roseanne, who is a, probably a major personality, somebody who is like that. Does it give you a confidence having, having you know, been around the, the campfire to be able to deal <laughs> with major different kinds of personalities? Or to protect <laughs> Excellent. Oh, excellent. Mm. I don't know what in my training prepared me for that. <laughs> I can't pinpoint anything. <laughs> um, but you would always say, oh, I just do it like I'm doing a play. 
It, those yeah. where I, well, um, that's where I feel the most comfortable. So anything that puts me in the frame of mind of being in a play, you know, becomes a little bit easier for me. I didn't make, to, made you, make you feel uncomfortable. I didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. I can't even say the words. No, she's just such a, you know, volatile, amazing woman. Yeah. Miss Roseanne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that it's like, yeah, but what here, prepares you know, she's you on that? stage with Nathan yeah. Lane now, who's no small personality. And you've, you've, she, Lori she, more than holds her own with any number of people. And I think, you know, you take that little part of yourself, and Amy's done movies, and Jeff is playing Meredith's dad on Grey's Anatomy, you know, and we kind of uh, go into all those paths and you sort of, you know, it's, I don't know, I mean, whether they know you're in Steppenwolf or not, they know something is, I you remember know. Joan in it's one of our little hometown archive interviews uh -huh. uh, saying, gosh, you know, you're working with Daniel Day-Lewis and this, and you're working with this person, that yeah. person, aren't you kind of scared? And she said, well, I, the, the, I, she said, I got to attribute Steppenwolf uh, of no. I, I grew up, you know, absolutely confident and had years of training of if they're good, you'll be better. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, if you can rely on each other and look in their eyes and they're yeah. good, you'll be fine. Well, and call each other on the bullshit. That's something yeah. that we can't omit either. Right. I mean, because it's like the bar gets set very high and it's like other people don't let you get away with stuff. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a director that says, you know, to me during Fool for Love, I don't believe a second of it. <laughs> Right. You know, to which I went, oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, or whatever may be the case. I mean, but but that's the kind of environment. It's still, yeah, it's I still mean, Anna gives us notes every month yeah. That, yeah. that will be, you know, you're playing to the crowd, stop it. Stop right. it. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, long run, you start losing your mind. So uh, she, she's really been great about calling us on, on the bull. I'm a drug addict. I'm addicted to drugs, pills especially downers. You see these little blue babies? These are my best fucking friends and they never let me down! You try to get them away from me and I'll eat you alive. And New York audience yeah. is very different. The theaters are larger. We're, you know, it's a whole, Broadway is definitely a, you know, that's a big step. And it's a whole different environment for us from what we play in Chicago or. It went from 500 seats to 1,500. Yeah. And, and yeah. are the different days of the week different in terms of They can be. Yeah. yeah they are there can patterns? Be. Are you a matinee show? Lately, we're not <laughs> great fans of our Wednesdays. But don't ever, we are. everyone ever came in And they love their matinees at November, yeah. yeah. Lori, so. did, did November come out of Chicago? A lot of Chicago people involved with November. Was, it, was this the first time it's been done? Yes. Yeah, new first play. So just put, no workshop, nothing. Put okay. together in Broadway, old-fashioned Broadway style. Old-fashioned style. Well, it had, yes. it had Joe Mantello as canon. a director. And, yes. You know, yeah. Nathan and Lori. And, you know, I mean, it's got a terrific it's a, it's a creative team, yeah. So. It's a wonderful show in that dress. So, yeah. <laughs> I know you like the dress. I love it. <laughs> there are those silly things, you know. I assume that August Osage County is going to have a long and healthy life. It's already been extended twice here. You're moving mm. theater. You're moving next door to the music box. Yes. Um, is there going to come a time when you are going to say, okay, for us who created it, Enough. We're going to go back. Then who are you going to turn it over to? Are there ensemble members or are you open auditions? Uh, Anna is going to... You know th that'll be that'll be interesting. We haven't had. Oh, well, we've had to do it in the past yeah. in different ways. Um, and, um, and 
You know, she will fiercely protect it, as, uh, yeah. and and will hope for the best. I guess. Yeah, sort of have no idea what's. No, we don't. What will happen? I mean, the play has just <laughs> been published by TCG, yeah. and I think it was like the number one top-selling play. The play will live on for a very, very, very long time, and. Uh, I, I know there's rumors in the mill about London, and there's rumors in the mill about West Coast, and you know, and it'll continue here. I think it's a great thing for the American theater to have a new play written by, you know, written by, directed by, and acted by kind of all unknowns, though we're un, we're known to ourselves. Well, but, um, <laughs> and a big deal in our own. Yeah, an ensemble, <laughs> and to me, it gives like a lot of hope to the American theater. I think it was time and... How about the women's parts? Too? And the women's parts, my God, oh, you know. You know, yeah. that he created. But I have to say, I, I read it for one of the committees that I sit on, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I started to read it and, and couldn't figure out where everything was taking place and realized I have to start all over again and read this carefully. Which mm -hmm. room are we in? When? And when I saw it, I went back and looked at the script again because I thought, I don't remember yeah. quite all of this that I just experienced in the yeah. theater just on the page, which I think really you know, augurs well and, and speaks well for the, the, the extraordinary ensemble that Steppenwolf is, because you just all added such, so amazing. So in a funny way, I, I, I kind of can't imagine it without you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's it, a high compliment. It, it, well, this, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation, and I thank you all for, for joining us today, uh, and uh, good luck in future Steppenwolf. Thank uh, you so much. Thank I, you, I have to uh, you know, end by saying the, the, uh, one cannot underestimate the, the extraordinary nature of, a, of, a, of an ensemble that's been together for 30 years, still liking each other, still working <laughs> together, and still doing what you set out to do, Lodi's, many years ago. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Thank you for joining us. These programs are brought to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York in partnership with our friends at CUNY TV. On behalf of the American Theatre Wing, I'm Ted Chapin, and thanks for joining us for another edition of Working in the Theatre. The American Theatre Wing has played a vital role in New York's theatrical life for more than 60 years. We stand for excellence and we support education in the theatre. Best known for creating the Tony Award, our work reaches beyond Broadway and New York. These seminar programs, which are supported by the Annenberg Foundation and the Dorothy Strelson Foundation, are an unequaled form for discussions with today's most creative artists. Downstage Center's in-depth interviews are heard on XM Satellite Radio. Our grant and scholarship programs support New York theater companies and theater students. And since we began, we have given away more than two and a half million dollars. Our theater intern group helps young people who are just starting in their careers build a professional network. And Springboard NYC is a two-week boot camp for aspiring actors from colleges across the country. All of the American Theater Wing's educational and media programs are available for free, on demand, from our website, americantheaterwing.org.